0: Acts chapter number four. We've been studying, looking at going back to the basics for some time, and uh, as we've been jumping into the book of Acts, we—it uh, is—I uh, have had so much fun. And last week we came to the place. Acts chapter number one. We, if you remember, Acts chapter one was had a little bit of preparation in it. They—they uh, they were up in the upper room. They were. Uh, well, they saw Jesus ascend to heaven. And, uh, and then they're in the upper room, they're praying. In Acts chapter number 2, we see the Spirit of God move in a great and a mighty way. 3,000 souls come to know Jesus as Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 3,000 souls come to know Jesus as Savior. We celebrate. Woo! And then how about Acts chapter 3? Heading on the way to church. You say those gentlemen are on their way to church. Peter and John, silver and gold, have I none? But in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Woo! Hallelujah, they go to church, and the guy goes to church with them. The the paralytic goes to church with them, dancing, leaping in the church. Then you have those folks that go to church regularly. Remember the Sanhedrin, the the, uh, Pharisees, they were there. And real quick, they're accusing. They're accusing. And um, Peter, with the boldness of the Holy Spirit of God, he was able to continue And he presented the gospel, and he reminded them, I preach in the name of Jesus, whom you crucified. Acts chapter number 4. As we've been working our way and and making our way to it, we look and you go, there are many ideas today when it comes to Christianity in the church. You realize a national survey. 1,402 adults ages 18 and older who have not attended a worship gathering in the last six months were asked three questions. The Questions went like this. I believe I can have a good relationship with God without being involved in church. Agree or disagree. That's kind of the way this whole thing went. 86% of them said they agreed with that statement. Take a deep breath. Here we go. The church is full of hypocrites, people who criticize others for doing the same things they do themselves. 72% agreed. Believing in Jesus makes a positive difference in a person's life. I was waiting for this one to go to the negative. And actually it was 71% agreed. Ladies, I'm going to need your help right there. You three are like wild crazy today. So, I need your help. Yay, good. Sit up and pay attention and shut your mouth. All right, that's what I was saying. The conclusion was that there are many people today tripping over church before they even hear the message of the cross. The message of the cross. So, when it comes to who Christians are, the same people were asked. I think Christianity today is more about organized religion than about loving God and loving people, 79%. Agreed. If somebody wanted to tell me what she or he believed about Christianity, I'd be willing to listen, 78%. Agreed. I have at least one friend who considers himself or herself a Christian, 89% agreed. Agreed. And it's not that we have to search for unchurched people around us. We actually already know them. And most of them are willing to listen to what we have to say about Christ, about Christ and and knowing him. So what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean? What does being a Christian look like at home or or at work or at school? and what about church? What is the purpose of, of church? What does God want his church looking like? Specifically, what does God want Mill Creek Baptist Church to look like? What's our purpose and, and are we fulfilling our purpose? Well, in order for that to happen, we're going to have to get back to the basics. We've been talking about the that journey, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to, to be a church. And the book God's given us to help us get there is the book of Acts. In our, our time today, we're going to pick up where we left off last time in Acts chapter 4. And beginning in verse number 13, the scripture tells us there, And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now I find it interesting, this fourth chapter is a persecution chapter back in chapter 3. Peter and John had the opportunity to see a 40-year-old cripple man healed and saved on their way to worship, his life transformed by God. And he wanted to go with them and, and to worship that day, to praise God for what he had done in his life. And again, you don't have to beg, plead, and prod people whose lives have been transformed to come to church. We don't have to do that. You, uh, when Jesus has saved us and, and forgiven us and transformed us, We live for those opportunities to praise and to worship him. Well, the religious muckety-mucks were not very happy about this man's healing. In fact, they put Peter and John in custody overnight before questioning them before the entire Sanhedrin. And we read in verse number 7 that they had set them in the midst and they asked, what power uh, uh, or by what name have you done this? How have you gone about doing so? Well, Peter gave them an answer in verse number 10. Let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you, and he's here whole. He's here whole. And then before they had time to respond, he added in verse number 12 down there, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be Now that brings us to verse number 13, where we're going to find that getting back to the basics involves our spending, number one, time with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus. In verses 13 through 31, we begin to look, and you see there they are. They took knowledge of them, verse number 14, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a noble miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. That they don't say anything else in this name. See, if we're ever going to be like, become more like Jesus, then we're going to have to spend more time with Jesus. It boils down to this. The more time you spend with him, the more you act like him. The more like him you become. The less time you spend with him, the less time. The less you become like him. It's really kind of interesting how that works. See, the more time you spend with somebody, the more you begin to act like them. The more be, you begin to talk like them the more things you do like them. It's really interesting to see. I can talk about how different ones that have influenced my life and some of the things that I say or some of the things that I do. Instead, I going to pick on Miss Rachel. You didn't know you subject of the sermon today, so here you go. You're getting picked on today. I've had the privilege to be Miss Rachel's pastor for a long time. She was a teenager. And so she's watched me pick on kids through the years in different ways, have to correct children, and have to do so. Now, if you didn't know, Miss Rachel's a teacher today. And she said here about six months ago, might have been eight months ago, somewhere in that neighborhood, I remember it was funny. She said, I don't like you. I kind of took a little personal, Miss Angel. She said she didn't like me. And it was public on Wednesday night. I was like, oh, my goodness. She goes, I don't like you because I do some of the things that you do and, and when it comes to correcting children in class, she goes, some of those little nick, little traits and some of them little pieces, she goes, I picked those up because she spent too much time. I mean, you can never spend too much time in church. You might need some more. But she spent so much time growing up in church that uh, it's so funny because you go, she spent so much time, what did she do? She learned some of those things in way, ways that Miss Heather and I In our teaching styles in which we deal with and manage our classes. You look and you say, when you spend time with folks, you respond like they do. You you begin to speak like they do. You ever heard somebody? I think it's kind of funny when you take an accent. An accent. See, Miss Sherry, I've had the privilege to be your pastor for a long time. I'm talking more and more like a Yankee every day, aren't I? 20 years later, I'm finally starting to talk like an Ohioan starting to merge right in there taking me a little while but it's really kind of a funny thing because you know you as you walk through you go hmm isn't it there well you know what the same thing's true about Jesus it says before they had time to respond Verse number 12, nor is there salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Now that brings us to verse 13 where we're going to find that getting back to the basics not only involves spending time with Jesus. I backed up on my notes on you there. Sorry about that. And now back to, we'll drop down verse number 13 and uh, we find three Bible principles when it comes to spending time with Jesus. Time with Jesus influences our passion. Influences our passion. Now notice verses 13 and 14. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Notice as you walk through and notice the members of the Sanhedrin saw that day. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. Boldness speaks of courage, freedom, speech, unhindered freedom. They were amazed at their boldness. They perceived that they were uneducated, unable to write. They were untrained, unskilled, no formal training men. And Peter and John were a couple of country bumpkins kind of folks surrounded by the Supreme Court of the land. An easy way to describe them, and and you you look and you go there they are, <coughs> excuse me, and they should have been stuttering and stammering. How would you like to go before the Supreme Court of the land? How many of you'd go? I think I would probably stutter. I think I might have a little bit of trouble getting my words together. I might have a little bit of trouble to 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 do so. And uh, and notice it, it tells us there there they are. They 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 they, they spoke as if. This was an everyday occurrence. Their passion. Notice they, they didn't have to tell them tell that they had been with Jesus. They perceived it on their own. They grasped it on their own. Spending time with Jesus influenced their passion for the things of God. And spending time with Jesus will influence our passion for the things of God. And I'll tell you why. Because you could become more like those things we spend time with. See, if we're going to be more like Jesus, then we're going to have to spend more time with G- with him. Spending more time with Jesus will create excellence uh, or, or excitement for worship. They realized they had been with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus will create a boldness in speaking about Jesus wherever we go. And, and they realized they'd been with Jesus. Don't underestimate the importance of spending time with Jesus. It's part of being a Christian. And it's part of, of being a, a part of being in the church. It's part of being church or, or being the church, and it's a part of getting back to the basics. That passion number two, time with Jesus influences the priorities in our life. Notice verse number fifteen. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, "What did they say? Well, they said, we, what are we going to do to these men?'" For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all of the people in Jerusalem. So everybody's seen it and we can't deny it. That it spread no further among the people let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. In this name. They couldn't deny it. Notice what happens in number 18. They called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. See, we look and you go, their priorities had changed. There was a day when Peter and John, their priority was to go fishing. He used to go fishing until they met and started spending time with Jesus. There was a day when Peter denied knowing Jesus. In fact, the same was true of John and Now before the religious supreme court of the land, they say, We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Time with Jesus had influenced their priorities. Now his priorities were their priorities, and what is important to him had become important to them, and now his focus was their focus. And the Sanhedrin looked at Peter and John, and they didn't see ordinary men. In fact, they saw men who were like Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to be the church. It it means having been transformed by God. Having been transformed by God, living under the authority of Scripture, filled with the Holy Spirit, spending time with Jesus through prayer and His Word, that those around us, when they look at us, they hear us. They don't see ordinary men and women. They see Jesus in us. So what are our priorities? What's important? What are our priorities? Are are his priorities our priorities? Are your priorities his priorities? See, these two men had spent time with Jesus, and their priorities had changed, and now they were speaking like Jesus. They were serving like Jesus. Now they're giving like Jesus. They were fellowshipping with other believers like Jesus. Now they were bold like Jesus because they'd spent time with Jesus. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. kind of go what question are we asking I've been challenging you to to pray about serving one unchurched person or one unchurched couple so that they can know the truth about God that our lives that God loves them and He cares for them and they would see it through your life and mine trust that you'll jump on board with me. God, give me somebody to do so. I've been asking that of you, and I'd also ask you to do this. How about spending a little more time with Jesus? Spend a little more time with Jesus. Because when we spend time with Jesus, his priorities become our priorities. Serving somebody so that they can see God will become a natural thing for us to do spending time with Jesus influences your priorities see we spend so little time in prayer and feeding on God's word it's no wonder our priorities resemble more of the world than the church maybe that's why the church looks too much like the world and not like the church see I'd ask this question those folks that are in your house can you tell when they've spent time with Jesus you say, well yeah my wife can and I can tell you something else I can tell you when she spent time with Jesus I can also tell you when she hasn't the more time we spend with Jesus the more like Jesus we've and they realized that they'd been with Jesus. No wonder they had such boldness. No wonder they had such courage. No wonder they had such passion for God and the things of God. They'd been with Jesus. You know, what happens when we begin to spend time with Jesus is worship becomes the priority or a priority. Or a lot of things that become a priority. Just like it was for Jesus. See, serving will be a priority just like it was for Jesus. Giving will be a priority just like it was for Jesus. You realize that witnessing will become a priority just like it was for Jesus. Notice what happens down there in verse number 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported that the chief priests and the elders had said to them, And when they <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and when they had heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of David, Thy ser- or by thy servant David, has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? You look at the the question that's there and you go, wait a minute here. The kings of the earth took their stand. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord. And you read down through verse 31. They started out and they started praising God for what he had done and then turned praise to prayer and asking God to give them a boldness. God, help us to preach the word by stretching out your hand to heal and signs and wonders that they might be done in your name. Through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Down there in verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. They were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. It all began by spending time with Jesus. It's no wonder the early church did so much with so little. Because it all began with Jesus. It all began with Jesus. Jesus. And now his passion was their passion. His priorities were their priorities. His prayer life was their prayer life. See, if we prayed like they prayed, God might shake us and fill us, too. Some Christians never attend worship. But if they spend time with Jesus, they'd be here today. You look and you go, yeah. See, some Christians never serve, but if they spent time with Jesus, they would serve. Some Christians never give, but if they spend time with Jesus, they give. Some Christians never witness, but if you spend time with Jesus, guess what? We begin to tell people about Jesus. Some Christians substitute criticism for service. But if they spent time with Jesus, they'd substitute service for criticism. See, getting back to the basics means spending time with Jesus. Jesus. Becoming more like Jesus so this world can see Jesus in you and I. I had the neatest privilege this week. I've worked for a man a couple of different times. And he moved to America from Vietnam. He lived in Saigon as a his uncle was in the military, and he told him that Saigon was about to be bombed. Told his dad to get them out, and his their, His dad took his five kids, put them on a boat to send them to an island to get them away from the city, hoping that the kids would survive. Hoping. He said, "I remember the boat ride." He said the boat was so full you could literally the waves at times would crash into the boat because the boats were so full of people and so over over the capacity, just unbelievably over the capacity. And he says, but we made it to the island. When we got to the island, we were there, and he they had an uncle that lived on the island, and he says it took forever. He says, as a kid, I don't know how long it took, but I remember this. We found my uncle on the island. And he says, and then we found out that stuff had happened. War was taking place. Our parents were dead. And our uncle said, there's a chance for a new life for you and your five, you and your siblings, the five of you. And that uncle, when the American soldiers came to the island and were taking people off of that island, he made sure that those five kids went with the Americans. They got on, he said, we got on a helicopter. I'd never been in a helicopter before. He said, then we got in a plane and we landed in Ohio. Me and my five, my four siblings. He said, we landed in America with absolutely nothing. But God wasn't done. Because God gave us families. God gave us families. He said, my sister was put into a foster home that she was adopted into. He said, a Christian family. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. And he said, but my others were not. We were put into the foster system, bounced around. And he said, at 19 years old, I started gathering my siblings up. And I started to take care of my siblings. At 22, he had them all together. Four of them together. and His sister was knew where she was, knew that she was safe. And he says, this is America. We had nothing and now I'm providing for my siblings. Three of my siblings and I were, he said, I had to provide. But he said it was interesting because I kept hearing about the God of America in that process. Then he told me about at 22 how he came to know Jesus. How he came to know Jesus and how the Lord moved into his family and changed his life. funny man because we get to know him you look at him and you go and he's telling me all about it 42 years ago he came to America and he says when it comes to Memorial Day and it comes to Fourth of July and it comes to Veterans Day he says there there aren't too many folks that want to celebrate like I want to celebrate because I know what it's like live in a country that eliminated not just adults because of war but kids and he says I'm thankful that I was put on a helicopter and on a plane and brought to the state and he says I've lived here." God's blessed him in a a unique way. And God's opened some doors in some unique ways. But I said, man, it's funny. Because as I asked him, I just asked him, I said, how'd you get to America? Because he's told me. I've had the privilege to work for the guy a couple of times. And as I told him, as we talked, he told me that. And I just kind of, I was like, you know, (laughs) I actually asked him, I said, will you come to church with me on Sunday? I want you to tell the story. Because as he shared, I couldn't help but sit there with tears. Proud tears to know this is the country that I have the privilege to live in. Not because my country's great, but because we've got a great God. And the freedoms we enjoy. We enjoy not only because of a great God, but those folks who have given their lives. And I look and I go, don't ever forget. Don't ever forget all that we get to enjoy. All that we we ever get to enjoy are given. They're privileges. We might say, well, I earned. Eh, Remember your freedom that was given because somebody else gave remember your salvation was given because somebody else hung on the cross. Given. I hope we remember that. hope we remember it just as we go about our day and we say I'm ready to spend time with Jesus because he changes Amen.